Get to Old Navy Saturday and Sunday just in time for back to school. Girls and boys polos are three bucks in stores only. Plus, Saturday only jeans are ten bucks for adults, seven bucks for kids at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid eight ten to eight eleven. Limit five polos. Select styles only. This meeting is being recorded. Hey guys, welcome to the Power of Attorney podcast. I am your host, Latanya Moore. Today, I have with me Ms. Kirsten Greggs. Kirsten is a talent acquisition consultant, career coach, diversity, inclusion, and equity advocate. She's a blogger, workshop facilitator, and professional relationship builder. In 2017, she founded Trap Recruiter LLC, a small business committed to bridging the gap between the job seeker and organizations seeking to attract hire, develop, and retain diverse talent while fostering inclusive, equitable cultures. In her 19-year career, she has implemented creative recruiting strategies for defense, intelligence, federal and civilian contract portfolios, and accumulated a full range of talent acquisition experience, including full life cycle recruiting, executive hiring, talent acquisition operations, training, development, and delivery, talent acquisition, project management, college recruiting, internal staffing, and proposal incumbent culture. He holds a bachelor's degree from the University of Richmond and a master's in management with an HR concentration from the University of Maryland University College. She is always focused on relationship building and she engages with a broader audience via her blog as a guest speaker and as a guest on various podcasts, just like this one. Uh, She facilitates workshops and training, and she is the creator of hashtag Recruiter Problem Meme series. You can find out more about Kirsten and all the great work that she's doing at www.traprecruiter.com. Kirsten, welcome to the Power of Attorney podcast. Hi, LaTanya. Thank you so much for having me. Very excited to talk to you and your audience today. Awesome. So before before we jump into anything, you have to let our audience know what was the thought process or the create creative process, I'll say, behind Trap Recruiter. So long story short, I am very dualistic like most people. And I love God and trap music. So a good friend of mine bought me that T-shirt that says those words. And one day I was sitting, taking one of those uh, Facebook tests just for fun with another friend of mine. And one of the questions was, if you were famous, what would you be known for? And the answer given was trap recruiting. (laughs) And... (laughs) I was at a point where I was trying to decide, you know, like what my blog was going to be called, how I was really going to step out and, you know, carve my place in a very saturated recruiting HR market um, when it comes to blogging, when it comes to training, when it comes to landing those good speaking engagements and things like that. So I was like, what differentiates me from others? And it really is my philosophy on recruiting. So that that statement in jest, you know, I took it and it was kind of a prophetic utterance in, in a sense because I took trap and made it an acronym. So while I do love trap music um, and I do gear my 
brand to a more um, to that audience to an audience that you know enjoys rap and hip hop. You know, I'm more old school, but I give the people what they want when they want it. Um, so trap actually means uh, trusted relationship builder, accountable and proactive, and it is my philosophy and and the way that I execute uh, recruiting strategies. I absolutely love it. I, I think it is absolutely brilliant. And I think that now with, with the, certainly with the current climate, but I also think, you know, in terms of where we're going in the Western world, that you have to, you have to be creative, but you also have to kind of meet people where they are. And the best way to build a relationship is to start with what are our commonalities? What are some things that that we can break bread about, right? And sort of uh, break down those walls. And so since your target group, you know, are those folks that that listen to, you know, trap music and what I call contemporary, I don't even want to say hip hop. Old <laughs> 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 school too. But I but I think it's is is really brilliant. One of the things, uh, uh, audience, I want you to know with regard to Kirsten is that um, she is really an expert in the area of understanding company culture, right? And and what the impact of company culture with regards to your decision making and reaching out to apply for certain jobs. So let's. I want to focus a little bit on that because when it comes to choosing a company culture, whether it's from the business owner's perspective or even the job seeker's perspective because nowadays you have to know what the you should try to know what the culture of the company is to see if it's in line with your values talk with us a little bit about your philosophy behind that and what are some trends or some things that you see um, that your company sort of helps business owners and applicants uh, in their you know in their job search you know how do you guys help them be successful Okay, so I'm going to start with the perspective of the way that I choose who to partner with and who I choose to accept money from <laughs> when it comes to companies. And I, when I started this, um, as you can imagine, people were very adamant about me not calling my business Trap Recruiter LLC. They did not want me to do that. And I thought long and hard about it. And I said, you know what, the people that is for, it's for them. If no, if, if a company doesn't want to hire me, then it's not for then what I'm doing is not for them. So I take a look at, you know, what the company's personality is, you know, what are those shared values and beliefs and practices of its employees? I'm very, very cautious to put uh, diverse candidates, whether they be persons of color, whether they be differently abled, whether they be uh, veterans just starting their jobs, whether they be new new hires, um, so your your folks just coming out of trade school, just coming out of college, just coming out of high school, people returning to the workforce from an extended um, break, whether that be that they had a family emergency, um, whether they went back to school and switched career fields, whether they were previously incarcerated, whether they had a health issue, whatever the case may be, you know, there are some things that change about a person when they go through different parts of their life. So if you don't have an organization that can support you and that 
you have other people like you that you can connect with and you can build relationship with and then start to network and branch out. I mean, you, you really do have to start from a place of comfort before you can set yourself up to go out and, and be in a place where, you know, you can go and talk to the CEO or go and talk to, you know, a manager from a whole different department because you may have an interest in transitioning over there. Um, you have to start somewhere. So when I have, when I have organizations who look very, very, uh, we'll just say non-diverse um, and, you know, they, they hire from all the same schools, um, they're, the age of their employees, you know, is very heavily one-sided or gender um, equity is an issue. I'm reluctant to put people into those organizations. And if they are sincere in reaching out to me and saying, hey, I want to change that. If they come to me to solve a problem other than I need to hire five people to, you know, do network administration, um, you know, that's a problem to solve. But if they know that they have a problem with making their workforce look more like the world or look more like their um, geographic location, uh, the people around them, their community, then I'm very inclined to work with those people. Those are those are my people. Those are the folks that I can connect with, you know, the people that I coach or that I can advocate for and say, hey, this is a great place to work. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that certainly moving forward, I think I think previous previous generations were just happy to have a job, right? And a mm -hmm. great, you know, what they considered a great career to make a great living. And they were pretty much, they had the one place, they moved up with the company or not, but that is where they were. They didn't do a lot of, you know, moving around. Now, companies have to really think about how do, what are some things that I can do to retain the talent that I have and that I've invested in? And so it's a little different now because employees do have uh, an impact. Uh, in in terms of the the future of the company, the profitability of the company, and something that that you said was very interesting is the factor of a company making a conscious decision to say we want to change and be more identical to the communities that we service. How I guess difficult. That's the only word I can think of right now. How difficult has it been to really penetrate that once you start to put your, once you start to recruit and place people in those type of environments, right? Like nobody wants to be, nobody wants to be the first sometimes in those type of environments because they can be pretty hostile. What's yeah. been your experience? Uh, with the people that you've been able to place where you do have a situation where the company is pretty much, uh, it just looks one way and whatever that one way is. Well, in, in some ways, I'm kind of putting myself on the line. I'm putting my reputation on the line and saying that I trust that person, that they can, I have confidence in, in the potential employee, the prospective employee, that they can handle it and that they can make a difference and that they will be not the only or the first. I mean, they'll, they'll continue to be the first, but they won't be the only for too long because they will 
be the person inside of the organization that you know, continues to push and try to advocate. And not only that, they will do a wonderful job and, you know, that will help and ease some of the bias or eliminate some of the bias that the organization may have for um, hiring different people. And at the end of the day, you know, uh, organizations have to decide who is going to set the tone for the company culture. And if you've got all the same people, meaning like you have a workforce that's very, very, very myopic, like you're not, your company culture is going to stay the same. It's not going to change. And it doesn't matter how many numbers of folks you add, your culture is still not going to change. At the end of the day, people are going to have to make a decision whether they assimilate or whether they leave. Because if you don't have an opportunity to change it and you don't have any interest in allowing your company culture to mature and become better, more vibrant, more colorful, it will not happen. Yeah, absolutely. I, I agree. And, and, I, and I definitely wanted us to explore that because I know this is something that's near and dear to the heart of our listeners pretty much on both sides. Uh, you know, as a as a business owner uh, myself, and I know that there there are primarily business owners that listen to our show. They're gonna grow, and they're going to need staff. and And I wanted them to hear from you because this is something that people oftentimes don't think about. They don't think about company codes of conduct. They they don't even have a a declaration of the company culture. Right. There are lots of companies that they don't have a quote manifesto. Right. That or company creed that they that they live by uh, in internally in the company because they just are focused on on something else. And so this type of information, I think, is very useful really across the board. I want to shift just a couple couple of, uh, of dials, I guess. Um, and talk about millennial recruitment, because I know that, you know, I read the articles, I have some clients, you know, as well that have no idea how to, for lack of a better word, really handle millennials. Their, 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 their outlooks are, are different. They're a lot more entrepreneurial in their, in their thought process. Uh, they're certainly a lot more astute when it comes to all sorts of stuff. And so when you're dealing with a traditional company culture, for example, let's say that the, the majority of their workforce or the average age, um, just quick story about me. When I first got out of law school, my very first job, I was the youngest person in the, in the agency. I worked for a government wow. agency at the time. In, in the agency in that particular field office, which happened to be the New York, New Jersey. Oh my. Right? So in the, in the New Jersey field office, I was the youngest person, but also one of the most highly educated, right? And, and so the average age of the agency at that time was 50 something. Oh, wow. <laughs> the, the whole agency. So, so anyway, I give you that backdrop and, and also to illustrate a picture for our listeners uh, as a recruiter, right? Let's say that that's the profile that's, that comes to you. It's a long-standing company. Let's say they have a great reputation, but they know that 
in order to be competitive in the next phase, they're going to have to bring in, you know, quote, new blood. So mm -hmm. now you have, let's say, a millennial, for example, walking into, because that's how I was, walking into, you know, this museum or this archive, right? Because that's pretty much what it was like, you know, like this old, this just old artifact place, right? Oh, my. You know, so you have them walking into that because because it's it's a real, it is a real culture shock. It is. Right? So my question to you, right, because this is your thing. So my question to you, how do you prepare your millennials or for being, you know, let's say they're selected, of course. How do you prepare them for the first day or week of work? Well, they, they do need to understand. Um, I actually have a, a whole post that's out right now in HBC, HBCU career that talks about like ways to prepare for your first five days of work, <laughs> like the things that you should do, um, you know, to just level set that level of comfort. But a millennial, like one of their top priorities when it comes to an, picketing an organization is the organization's culture. And they have to be able to see that there are growth opportunities, you know, that there are opportunities for socialization. And I'm not talking about, you know, jerking around. I'm talking about getting to know um, not only the company, um, getting to know the people in the company and becoming themselves. Because that first day that you walked into, you know, your agency as the youngest person, you know, a year after that and two years after that, you're like, you grew, you were an entirely different person. And you probably had a large, very large impact on the people um, that were already there. The folks that were, you know, maybe, you know, those 50 plus folks, their mindset is not on growth. Their mindset is not on, you know, doing the next 20 years at this organization or even the next five or the next two. Maybe they're looking towards retirement. Um, and a millennial is coming in with, you know, I want a sense of purpose. Um, I want to build not only myself and my brand, but, you know, like I want to make an impact in this organization. And the best piece of advice that I can give anyone in that situation would be like, ask for forgiveness and not permission when it comes to you living out your purpose, when it comes to you growing and becoming the professional person that you want to be. And people are open to that. Um, there are many things you can do when you're trying to build a relationship. And that is, that is one of the keys, you know, if you're, if you're an only, whether it be because of your age, whether it be because of your, you know, your language, your country of origin, your background, you know, you might be the only person who didn't go to college, or um, you might be the only person with a certain certification or whatever the case may be. You, you're there trying to, build trust. You're there trying to connect. You're there trying to build a relationship so that you can make the time that you have at work not be so toxic and so horrible for you. Yeah, ab absolutely. And and thank you for that because one of, one of the things that was very useful for me, uh, like you're saying, in, in my situation was that, you know, I had somebody like come to me and say, okay, we're going to go do an extended lunch and I'm going to tell you what you need to do to make it here. 
uh, everyone doesn't have that. And I was very, very fortunate because I was able to take that, that teaching moment and really understand not just that particular culture, but also just throughout, you know, while I was in corporate America. So uh, millennials, you don't know everything because I thought I did at the time. Uh, but anyway, yes, great, great, great advice, Kirsten. Before we go, is there any, are there some, I mean, cause you've shared so many great nuggets. This has been fabulous. Uh, but is there like one thing that you'd like to, uh, like a parting word or thought that you'd like to share with our audience today? Um, I guess you need to know what it is that you want from an organization um, before you make a decision as to whether or not that is the place that you're going to go and use your gifts and talents. Awesome. What Great advice. You get oh, from sorry. No, I'm just saying, like, what do you want to get from them? It's it's no longer a what can you do for me market um, when it comes to the employer. Like, the employer is not in the driver's seat to say, what what are you going to do for me? It's now, you know, the employee has the power to say, what do I want from you? Absolutely. It is definitely a, two, a two-way street. And, and great information, guys. Don't forget, check out Kirsten's website. It's www.trap recruiter.com that's www.traprecruiter.com go to our facebook page power of attorney on facebook make sure that you like the podcast page because we do share some great information there outside of the podcast episode and let us know what you think about us give us a review give us a rating so kirsten thank you so much for being a part of power of attorney thank you for having me awesome so until next time guys have a great day Get to Old Navy Saturday and Sunday just in time for back to school. Girls and boys polos are three bucks in stores only. Plus, Saturday only jeans are ten bucks for adults, seven bucks for kids at Old Navy and Old Navy.com. Valid eight ten to eight eleven. Limit five polos. Select styles only. Porsche, Ford GT, Ferrari, Corvette. The battle is on for the EMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship at Virginia International Raceway. Don't miss the Michelin GT Challenge, August 23rd through 25th. Tickets at VIRnow.com. That's VIRnow.com.